A long time ago, on a podcast far, far away, we 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 did another episode, I guess. Welcome to Jedi Dropouts, your not-so-weekly geek out. <laughs> your annual holiday geek out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ryan Taylor. And I'm James Moss. And if you didn't notice already, James is sounding much clearer and crisper and and uh, much closer than usual. I got a throat transplant for Christmas. Uh, uh, he... Uh, he learned how to astrally project. That was uh, his, his big project he's been working on. So It was my 2017 resolution. <laughs> to learn how to astro... That, that, doesn't even, that doesn't even add up, does it? That doesn't... Eh. I, don't, I don't think... Well, I mean... Luke did it in The Last Jedi. He did a... It's not spoiler territory yet. It's not true. Yeah. He's talking about the, the new Insidious movie. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so, yep, we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. Uh, we're going to talk about Christmas and, uh, well, I guess holiday movies, but... <laughs> they're they're Christmas movies. Yeah. Mostly because, I, I guess, the uh, the Hanukkah and Kwanzaa industries don't have the, the bucks for National Lampoon movies or, or, yeah. or to get Macaulay Culkin starring. <laughs> really, though? Yeah. That's a movie I'd like to see. A Home Alone movie set on a different holiday. Really, though? Uh, so, yeah, we're... Uh, this is our season one finale, as we're calling it. Our big uh, holiday, year-end extravaganza. We're gonna talk The Last Jedi. We're gonna do a, a spoiler-free review, and then we're gonna jump into the spoiler territory, because there's a fucking load of them. Um... And what I'm going to do is I'm going to take note of the times and write that in the description. So if anyone wants to avoid spoilers on this one, they can just check the times, skip ahead. Because I feel like that's something we should do for this this movie in particular. Yeah. I, I'd be mad if someone spoiled this movie for me. I went, I went so far as to delete all my social media for the week leading up to it. I didn't go that far. I, I, I really want, and, and it was worth it. Um, and of course we're doing our, uh, we're doing our top five holiday movies, top five Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, uh, but first let's, uh, let's just chat a little bit. What do you, what have you been up to? What do you got any, any uh, holiday plans? Mostly been working. Yeah. Uh, I didn't decorate my house at all. No? No. Um, I've never decorated my house for Christmas. A, because, I don't know, I'm, I'm not overly festive anyway. Yeah. But also because at the moment I live alone and it's either I'm out of town for Christmas, as I am right now. 
yeah. visiting my parents, or I'm working 12-hour night shifts, so I just work, go to bed, get up, go back to work. So I don't really see the point in having the house... Like, I don't see the point in going through all that time and effort to decorate the house just for myself if I'm either A, not there, or B, just a sleeping... Or asleep and working. He was just a sleeping. He was just a sleeping. And then he was a working. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, I actually have a great question that we did not prepare for anyway, but I just thought of it, and I feel like this could be uh, a fun little <laughs> intro. What would you say is maybe the most bizarre or strange or, I don't know, not great <laughs> Christmas gift you've ever gotten? I have an answer uh, while you think about that one. Uh, I once for Christmas got a hardcover copy of Fyodor Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, which, pretty good book. And I really I enjoyed it when I got around reading it when I was more into literature in my 20s. But I got the book for a Christmas gift when I was 9 or 10 years old. <laughs> And I have no idea what that person was thinking. Yeah, not appropriate. I don't know. It's a fucking. It's a weird book for a nine-year-old to try and read. Yeah. Um. I really don't know. I mean, my parents tend to get me a lot of like small trinkety things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, my sister and I are so different for Christmas. Because, like, Jennifer will actually give them a list of things being like, this is everything I want. Yeah. Whereas I'm just like, I don't know, here's the name of, like, five DVDs, get me this. And then mom's like, but I spent so much more on your sister than you, that's not fair. And I'm like, but I don't care. Yeah. You could spend three grand on Jennifer and 150 on me. And I'd still be happy. Yeah. But mom feels the need to, like, make it so my sister and I have, like, the same Mm. number of gifts under the tree, roughly the same amount spent on us. And God bless her. Like, you know, mom's a sweetheart for doing so. But a lot of the trinkety things I get are really, like, it's just like, mom, like, (laughs) I appreciate it and I... Yeah. I'll try and find a use for it, but that is not something I would have ever bought for myself. Yeah. It's not something I would ever have seen me using. I'll try and find a use for it or a location for it in the house because you're my mom, I love you, and you got this for me, but it was very unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm basically in the exact boat, except I've moved past the smallest stage and realized that my mom is going to be spending this amount of money on me either way, so I might as well just give her a detailed list and it's stuff that I actually want. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I remember one year they were asking me, like, what do you want for, like, a big gift? And I'm like, I don't, I don't need anything. There's nothing I really want. And then they just got me a musical instrument that I didn't know how to play. <laughs> and it was, like, a couple hundred dollars. Like, it was, uh, they got me a mandolin. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm learning how to play mandolin now. Yeah. But, uh, and I mean, I, I enjoy the mandolin, but, uh, you know, I'm, 
I, I give them a list now because I know that it, it's going to happen either way. There's no avoiding it. There's no yeah. getting out of it. So I got a weather vane. Weather vane. Mm. Well, that's a good one. It's still yeah. in the box. You don't hear that every day. No. <laughs> I don't know the last time I saw a weather vane. It's still in the box yeah. at my house. Good, good. Two years later. <laughs> <laughs> Mom comes in and she's like, yeah, I didn't think you were going to set that. I was like, why did you give it to me then? She's like, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Speaking of gifts, I have a little gift exchange here. James, this is for you. You can open that during recording. Uh, This is uh, something Charlotte ordered. And uh, it was a surprise for me as well. A cardboard box? Uh, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's see what's in this bad boy. Oh, we should have made a, an unboxing YouTube video. You I mean, like... it's, it's not too late. <laughs> you could have slowly... Like, like, you gotta you gotta go one step by time. Okay, this is the bot the box looks like underneath the gift wrap. And, uh... Oh, snap! Get out of the way, cardboard. That's it right. is a coffee mug with our Jedi Dropouts logo on it, and it says Jedi Dropouts. It's a two of a kind. <laughs> you hear that? If you want one, you can't. Fuck you. Anyone looking to purchase a uh, an official Jedi Dropouts mug... It's going to have to pay someone to break into one of our houses and steal the ones that exist. Because that's all. Yep. No, that, that's great. I actually have a big shortage on mugs at the house. Which, I mean, when it's just me there, yeah, it's fine that I only have like three mugs. <laughs> because by the time, you know, yeah, I need one. Right? Yeah. But... When Emily comes to town, mm-hmm. which, I mean, she's moving in very soon. Yeah. We're going to go through a lot more of them because yeah. the girl loves her coffee. Mm-hmm. And whenever mom and dad come to visit, yeah. they always have their cup of tea after mm-hmm. supper. So, so there you go. Now you've got like a fourth mug and you've got enough for every exactly. person. <laughs> so like in your house, did you ever have that mug that was like mom's mug or dad's mug? Like, if you wanted to use a mug, you could use any of the other ones, but that one was the one that mom always had her coffee in in the morning? I'm not sure, because my parents aren't really coffee or tea drinkers. Okay. And as a kid, I never really... Excuse me. Never really used mugs a lot. See, we had those in my house growing up. Like, mom had her go-to mugs, dad had his go-to mugs. So now I have my... Yeah. Go to mug. I have my Misfits mug and I have my Jedi Dropouts mug. You want a cup of tea? You you've got like the Mexican souvenir mug. <laughs> nice. The one with the gecko on it. I think we have one of those. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm big on mugs. In my we got a shelf of mugs up there. I've got uh, the Jedi Dropouts mug, Better Call Saul, Star Trek, Scout Pilgrim, Game of Thrones, nice. Batman. I feel like there's a big one I'm missing. Uh, David Bowie. See, I was thinking about getting more mugs, yeah. though, but, like, all the ones that I see that I liked... Yeah. 
are at like EB Games and they're like Deadpool's head and stuff like that. And they uh, just yeah. seem like they'd be hard to clean because of the nooks and crannies. I've got a I've got a Rocket Raccoon one that's basically a decoration in the spare room yeah. now. And it's really cool, but it is hard to clean, so I don't really use it now. Yeah, which is why I never bothered to buy any of those. And uh yeah, so I, like that the ones I listed are just the ones that are in use on the shelf. We also have a, like a, a shelf in the spare room of just stuff we don't use. Yeah. And we have a bag of mugs in the attic because we have too many mugs. No, I, I'm i not a coffee drinker, but I do drink yeah. a lot of David's tea. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. A lot of the like nutty and fruity teas low on caffeine because mm-hmm. my hyper ass does not need caffeine. Yeah, fair enough. I'm hyper enough anyway that just gives me heart palpitations. I've been on a bit of a uh, a caffeinated beverage adventure lately. <laughs> That's actually something I've been up to. Okay, so Is I... that Bill and Ted's third movie? <laughs> We've gone too far. Um, so I've been drinking coffee for years, but I always drink it uh, black. Not 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 like not real black sugar, but I never yeah. had any uh, milk or creamer. And over the last, like, half a year or so, I've started using creamer, and it hit me, like, maybe a month ago, maybe less. I was like, wait a second. I drink creamer in my coffee. I've been drinking creamer in it for a while. Why have I never tried all of these other things that I avoided because they're creamy? Yeah. So, within the last month, I've tried hot chocolate, lattes, cappuccinos, French vanilla, all these things for the first time. Have you ever put Baileys in your coffee? I have not, and I've never drank it from a shoe. <laughs> I have. <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw the picture. Mon Greg. Jesus Christ. I'm a, a scaly man fish. Oh, we're going back now, mighty boosh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, uh, Charlotte wants to know if you would like a cup of tea. Uh, <laughs> it, it would be rude not to offer you a tea. I mean, I wouldn't turn one down. Okay. We'll get you a tea after after we're breaking my new mug. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, I'm 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 very big on lattes now, nice. which makes me sound like a fucking hipster. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's our, our Christmas and uh, coffee hour, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, want to talk about Star Wars. Um, before we do, oh, okay, I want to add something that Ryan and I discussed doing um, we were saying that we were going to have a secret word each oh, yeah. for this episode and we were going to keep track of how many times the other person said mm. the words we predetermined in secret mm. and at the end that was how many bean boozled beans the other person <laughs> has to eat Yeah, which I already have to eat four because of the uh, the trivia the, the, the MCU did. trivia yeah yeah so I thought about preparing some trivia questions for Ryan I couldn't come up with anything that I thought would be good enough I was gonna try and do some Star Wars trivia but I was mm. like mm, that's either way too obscure he'd never get it or way too easy I couldn't find anything that it's satisfied hard, it's me hard to get a good balance of Star Wars trivia exactly so I just didn't come up with anything but uh, we're gonna make a video yeah. of us eating said beans after the episode so if you want to see that 
go to our Facebook page and you will see yeah. a video of us eating random beans that may be good or may make us want to die. Probably a lot of the latter. Yep. <laughs> um, it didn't go well the last time we no, ate them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Let's, Hand uh, dog food. Ugh. <laughs> oh, man. Bean Boozled. For anyone who hasn't played Bean Boozled, just don't. Just don't do it to yourself. I brought some with me for this event, and it was like the $15 box with the spinner. Oh, so yeah, we yeah. have lots of beans. Good, good, good. Uh, do you set, do you set any rules for the word? Like, it's not, it can't be a general word like of or the, I assume. No. That'll be too pissy. Uh, so, anything else, I guess, is fair game? Yeah, that's okay. what I thought. Okay. Yeah, I've got, I've got mine. I'm, I'm going with something I was thinking earlier. But, uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know, this could work in my favor or just not. Like <laughs> For you, it's any word that begins in a vowel. Ah. <laughs> oh, I see. There's three more. Uh, uh, yeah. So Star Wars. Oh my God. We we both saw Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I I went to a theater, a movie theater, and I watched a movie. Uh, yeah. Man. I bought my ticket the day they went on sale. Yeah, I I didn't because I didn't think I was gonna get to watch it. And the second I found out it was a possibility, well, the second I found out that I was gonna be in Cornerbrook on that day, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yep, done buying it." I'm there. Oh, for sure. Uh, I had a whole row to myself. Second row from the front. No, we sat third row from the front. Uh, I was I was far left, right in the right in the corner, basically. See, in that theater, you don't want to sit on the left, though. No. No, because uh, where the walls are too thin between the two uh, sc- between I, the two screens. Okay, I didn't I didn't hear anything. I never thought about that. Yeah, mm. but you went in the afternoon though, so they wouldn't yeah, have been showing exactly. the other yeah. movie. I always go at like prime time, like seven p.m. So yeah. both movies are playing. Yeah. So I sit on the right, so there's not as much noise from the yeah. other screen bleeding through. That makes sense. Man, uh, <laughs> tangent. I remember I was working security at the Avalon Mall when uh, Interstellar came out. Oh God. And you could like. The sounds from that movie shook our office. Wow. It was that loud. So I can't even imagine trying to watch, like, some sort of indie drama at the same time as that movie was being released. Like, that was... Yeah. That was a fucking loud movie. Anyway. Can you imagine being next door and just watching, like, a Kevin Smith movie where it's just two (laughs) douchebags talking? Oh, man. That'd be a piss-off, actually. Yeah. Um, So, Star Wars. I loved it. I fucking loved it. I know a lot of people didn't. There's a lot of uh, it's it's this one's split down the middle. Yeah. People think it's the best thing ever or the worst. Yeah. I think it's one of the best Star Wars movies I've I, ever seen. I agree. I I I think there's no question about it. I mean, I knew I know it's you know there's the 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 hype and there's just fresh off of seeing it last week, but. I can't see a world in which my opinion of this movie uh, wavers at all. I, I yeah, man, 
Uh, so let's let's go into a spoiler-free review. Let's okay. just touch on what's good about it in a general sense. Uh, I feel like it's a good movie for people who are both novice and veteran to the Star Wars yes. universe. Yep. I went with my girlfriend, and I have seen every Star Wars movie so many times. Yeah. Seen a lot, a lot of Star Wars. Like, I had the original trilogy on VHS, which is still at my parents' house. Um, but I watched those to death, and then I got all the Star Wars stuff on Blu-ray when that started coming out, and... I bought a Blu-ray player just so I could own the original trilogy. Yeah. Because at the time, that was the only copy of episodes four to six you could find. Yeah. They'd stop selling the DVDs unless you were buying them, like, secondhand for, like, 70 bucks. So... I asked my parents for Christmas. Like they're like, "What do you want?" I was like, "A Blu-ray player and the original trilogy." Yeah, and that was pretty much my Christmas. But me being someone who is that in love with Star Wars, like I have a Boba Fett tattoo. Yep. Um. And I went with someone who has only prior to this seen. The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Episode 3. Interesting. Okay. She saw those two because they were the newest ones. Yeah. And leading up to going to see The Force Awakens, I rewatched every Star Wars movie. Yeah. And so I was watching... I had already watched 4, 5, and 6. Yeah. And... She didn't want to rewatch either of the two she had seen. Mm-hmm. And so I watched episodes one and two on my own, and then she got there, and then that day we watched episode three. And so, so it looked really good in comparison. <laughs> really, though. That's, a, that's for a different episode. Yeah. Three's a turd. <laughs> yeah. But, um. yeah, so... Both of us very much enjoyed the movie, me being someone who has been watching Star Wars for more than 20 years, and her who has only seen three of the movies prior within the last six months. That's a pretty good uh, uh, contrast. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we both enjoyed the movie. We both walked out of there with huge smiles on our Mm. face. Oh man, just smiling ear to ear the whole time. I cried. I was going to ask you how many times you cried, because... Three, I think. Three. Okay, okay. There... You're, three, maybe four. Yeah. But not all... Like, they weren't necessarily sad. Yeah. Like, there were points where it was just sheer excitement. Okay. Like, yeah. I was just so yeah. happy... Yes. ...that I got emotional. Okay, Here, here's uh, something. Uh, uh, you... Are a more uh, you're a more emotional movie watcher than I am. Yeah, I don't like. I don't know the last time I cried watching a movie. And it's I love it when movies I, make me that excited or that upset. Yeah, I think I think the last time I cried watching a movie was uh, Super Eight when that came out because 
it was a pretty sad scene, and I was going through a bit of a rough time at that time. Yeah. So it was kind of just uh, a case of context. Yeah. But uh, I came close, not because of any part of the plot or anything that's sad going on in the movie, but I was, like I said, sat in the second row. For a bit of history here, the only Star Wars movie I've ever seen in a theater prior to this was The Phantom Menace. Fuck the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was a kid. I didn't really follow Star Wars at the time. Yeah. And then, since then, I've gotten way into Star Wars. And uh, when I was sat there, and, I mean, the text comes up a long time ago on a galaxy far, far away. And then the orchestral fanfare the and the Star Wars logo. I choked up a little bit. Same. It, it like, it hit me. Yeah. And I, it, like... It's kind of silly because it's literally just a fucking logo you see everywhere all the time. You hear the music. It's you can look it up on fucking YouTube, but I don't know. It it was really it was just really cool. the excitement of something new. Yeah, that's like I mean that's that's just something you know was gonna happen anyway. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I gotta say this was a uh, man. Uh, the way I put it when I when I am explaining to people because who haven't seen it because I don't want to give spoilers. Uh, everything that I've ever loved in a Star Wars movie, all of my favorite scenes, all my favorite moments, not not exactly, but the types of scenes and like the general what happens, mm. they can all be found in this movie. Yep. Uh, Great lightsaber battles. You yeah. you got a couple in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look back to A New Hope. One of the most iconic scenes of A New Hope is Han, Luke, Chewbacca disguised as stormtroopers and and breaking into the Death Star. Mm-hmm. You got not that scene, but you do have a a disguised uh, as as a First Order troopers. Troopers. Yeah. Uh, you have a scene like that. Yep. Yeah, and it's fun. It's great, and there's some comedy in there as well, of course. Because yeah, um, let me see the huge. Uh, there was probably more jokes in this movie than any other Star Wars movie, and they were funny. They were legitimately funny. But it wasn't like I've I've seen a lot of complaints about the jokes, but I feel like they're the kind of jokes that will age well. Yeah, there there's a lot of um, sort of old timey slapstick. It's not. It's not just like uh, the kind of humor that's hip and in, in current comedies today. Yeah. Um, you got new planets that are fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Very. You got. You got these huge iconic scenes, um, which we'll get to, and you have these uh, intergalactic, uh, intergalactic space. Uh, ship battles. Yep. You, you have the best of every Star Wars movie. Yeah. In this. Uh, new creatures. New creatures. New characters. Yep. And all of these things are fantastic. Yep. Like, I I went back and I thought about every Star Wars movie. And I thought about my favorite parts. And there's a comparable scene of every single one in this movie. Yep. It's... It's it's really like a greatest hit. Yep. 
and it's two and a half hours, but it doesn't feel like two and a half hours. No, it races by. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but no. I don't know. went by pretty quick for me. Yeah. I could have sat there even longer. Yeah. 100%. Um, let me see. What else can we touch on without getting into spoilers? I, I guess we could touch on like the a very general sense of the plot. I mean, you've got... Uh, we all know Ray's on the island. I don't remember the name of that island. I don't either. Uh, and as we left, I, I mean, if you've seen the trailer, if you've seen any anything at all, obviously she's uh, at least going to attempt to be trained as by a Jedi by Luke. Luke. Yeah, that's uh, I guess the most one of the most central storylines. Yeah, I would say probably the main story. Um, and you have the resistance uh, being chased by the Imperials. No, sorry, not the Imperials, but the First Order. Yeah. Uh, and that would be Leia and uh, Poe Dameron and Finn and that whole gang just trying to get away. Uh, I think those are really the main two stories. That, that one sort of breaks off in a couple directions. Yeah. And then they all kind of come full circle. But uh, uh, one thing that I can say, it's not really a spoiler at all. Uh, you get a lot more Poe Dameron in this movie. Yeah. Than we've seen in Force Awakens. He was, I mean, it, it worked in that story, but we didn't see a whole lot of him. No. He's fucking awesome. Oh my god, yes. Like, he jumped way up the list of characters I want to see more of now. Yeah. He's, he's a... Oscar Isaacs was great. Oh yeah. And I'm glad, too, because after that whole X-Men thing, yep. I, I, was, I was like, I hope they don't cut him down because of that. Really, though? Because that was, uh, like, he's, he's uh, I feel like the opinion of him as an actor kind of went down on a lot of people's yep. opinions based on Apocalypse. But, uh, no, man. He, he fucking kills it as Poe Dameron. Um... I don't know. It's hard to talk generally about this movie because this movie is just so very. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing. The the looks, the set design, yeah. the ca- character design, it felt a lot more like the originals. Yeah. Uh, you get to see Snoke's sort of throne room and with his guard. Yeah, that whole set looked like something that George Lucas and his team would have designed. That was that looked straight out of a seventies, eighties sci fi movie. It was so fucking And actually cool. getting to see Snoke up close. Yes. Man, Andy Circus is not I getting was, uh, the the recognition he deserves. Between that and Caesar and War for the Planet of the Apes, he's one of the best actors of the year, for sure. Yeah. And he's gonna be Ulysses Claw now in Black Panther. Exactly. He's fucking everywhere. I mean not to mention obviously everybody knows him is Gollum. Um, and what else was he? He was King Kong in yeah. that King Kong movie. I mean, he's not given the recognition no. he deserves, even not even close. No, and I mean, since we're talking about holiday movies, Return of the King is the best Easter movie that's ever been made. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a good one. Uh, it took me two seconds to think of that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's a good thing we didn't actually do a best holidays movie because I just realized it probably would have all been Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> Would have been me ranking the Michael Myers films. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we're at a point where. Uh, no, one more thing we should touch on before we get into spoilers. Um, this movie, in a very general sense, is not what you or anyone else expects it to be. No. Uh, and I think that's where most of the the uh, controversy and the complaints come from, is people have these ideas in their head of what the movie's going to be, questions that'll be answered, and directions it's going to go in, and none of that happens. But I don't want that to happen. No. Because if you know exactly what you're going to get before it, it doesn't feel like an adventure. No. And I feel like if if Ryan Johnson had made the movie that everyone asked for and expected, it would have been good. Yeah. It probably would have been very much like The Force Awakens. Yes. Very safe Star Wars movie. And I'm not complaining about this. The Force Awakens is a fantastic movie. But what he made instead is miles, miles above that. In my opinion, it was a masterpiece. Yeah. I know a lot of people would argue with me on that, but that's my take on it. Like, a very, like, very cautiously, very, uh, like, I'm trying to keep my my uh, opinion of the movie down a little bit because I know it's probably a little hyped because I just saw it. Yeah. Say, so I would safely call it my number three Star Wars movie. That's that's Be- fair. Behind New Hope and Empire. And that, that's safely. Yeah. Like, the, the idea of Return of the Jedi or Force Awakens being better than this or Rogue One, no, not, not a chance for me. No. Not even... No. But... Uh, Friend of mine was posting on Facebook saying that, in his opinion, this is the best Star Wars since Empire. I think that's a really, really safe thing to say. Yeah. Like, well, not safe in the sense that a lot of people hate this movie, but I, I honestly, I, I don't think, I, I think it could be maybe even better than Empire, given time and rewatching. Yeah. I definitely want to rewatch it before I made that strong of a statement. Yeah, I like it. But... Well, I guess that just gave away my favorite Star Wars movie. New Hope is... But, I mean, uh, you know, it's... Uh, that's another... Mine was episode two, so... <laughs> Attack the Clones, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, Attack the Clones is never real for me, but I don't like sand, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um... I rewatched that scene in the Gladiator Arena yeah. in episode two, mm-hmm. and all I can think of is, like, I want to see Korg there from oh, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Still haven't seen Ragnarok, man. Still, I'm still waiting <laughs> on the chance to watch that. Like, I mean, leading up to the Gladiator scene with... Hulk versus Thor in Ragnarok. You've got Korg, who's voiced by the movie's director. Yeah. And so I rewatched episode two after seeing Ragnarok getting ready for The Last Jedi. And I seen that scene and I was just like, I just wanted to see Korg just be like, hey guys, I'm Korg. <laughs> see his meek. <laughs> uh, Freak off, ghost. 
<laughs> okay. Um, to sum up our spoiler-free, we both love the shit out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, if you're... Daisy Ridley is a badass. Oh, yeah. Man. She fucking kills it in this. And um, John Boyega. They yeah. did some good stuff with his character in here as well. Adam Driver. Uh, but honestly, the 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 scene stealer for me in this movie, Mark Hamill. Yeah. This was easily, and this is bold, but easily for me, the greatest performance Mark Hamill's ever given. Even more so than Joker. Which is not something I ever expected to say, but I don't know. I, I I knew I was a fan of Mark Hamill, but holy shit, he does he does some good stuff in here. Mark Hamill's so good, so fucking good, and I like that. Um, you know what? No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into that a little bit. I'm gonna wait for the spoilers to get into that a little more. Okay. Uh, and uh, let me see. There was one more thing I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. The the only uh, the thing you you have to go into this movie thinking is that like y- your expectations. You, you gotta you, not not even in a sense of like the movie's not gonna be as good as you think. It's just all these fan theories. That's that's still just that's just fun internet talk. That's yeah. that's the kind of shit we we talk about all the time. Yeah. But Brian Johnson just fucking throws all of that out and makes an insanely original Star Wars movie. Yeah. That feels like Star Wars, but doesn't do any of the things that Star Wars generally does. Yeah. And on that note, let's get into spoilers. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, if you're listening now, you can, and you don't want to hear spoilers, you can turn away. Uh, you can skip ahead to the timestamp yeah. that we'll have in the description. I'll probably post post it a couple places, description as well as like the Facebook post, things like that. Yeah. Okay. So, spoilers. George Lucas makes a cameo. No. <laughs> George Speaking Lucas. Speaking of cameos, <laughs> though, apparently Princes William and Harry were in the movie. And Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy? Tom was Hardy was a stormtrooper. I did not know that. I know. I, I'm not sure who William and Harry were in the movie. No, uh, um, I heard that they filmed cameos as stormtroopers, but those scenes... Were caught? Yeah, were left on the cutting room floor. Probably... Okay. Um, Probably in like a DVD extras sort of thing. Or See, extended. Emily thought that they might have been the two stormtroopers that showed up with the handcuffs. Oh, yeah, that could be it too. Well, they maybe did, they did. I, they didn't really do anything else. There was also something else that I had read was cut from the movie, but I saw it in theater. Um, when they're on, I don't remember the name of the planet. the The planet the final battles on the the salty planet. Yeah, that one guy who. Licks his finger and says salt. <laughs> that guy. I had read um, that that scene got cut, and I was like, "How did that get cut?" I saw it. Yeah. So I'm not sure 
maybe I don't know if Cornerbrook got some sort of weird director's cut or what was going on there. Yeah. Um, another little cameo. Uh, I guess we're we're into the cameo talk here. Uh, you remember in the uh, casino scene? Yeah. Uh, there's this little little drunken creature that stumbles over and starts putting coins in the BB-8. He thinks it's a slot machine. Yep. That mocap mo- was done by uh, Mark Hamill. Really? That was Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill went to Ryan Johnson and said, put me in a mocap suit. I've never done it. I want to do it. That's awesome. And that's why that scene's there. That is so good. I know, right? It doesn't have a line or anything. You would never, no. you would never pick up on it. It's just this little CGI fucking drunken Star Wars creature that yeah. thinks BB-8 is a slot machine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is just a little fun thing they threw in there. Yeah. Um, I did not know Benicio Del Toro was going to be in this movie. I forgot. I saw it somewhere and I totally forgot about it. He was good, though. DJ was a cool character. Yeah. Uh, that stutter he has. And... Yeah, and, he, and it's the kind of thing where, like, um, spoiler alert, he fucks people over, but yeah. you should have seen it coming because it's Benicio Del Toro and he doesn't play trustworthy characters no. at all. Like, every time you see Benicio Del Toro on screen, you're like, I don't trust you. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, the collector in the MCU. Fucking usual suspects, Sin City, uh, yeah. fucking Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. He, he the always, Wolf Man. He always, <laughs> you never know what that guy's going to be up to. Um, you see him and you're like, yeah, he's supposed to be the protagonist. Oh, he's turning into a werewolf and killing shit. You know, he kind of talked a little bit like his character from Fear and Loathing. A little tiny bit, like a little hint of it in there. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, I want to touch on that. Um, a lot of people are complaining and saying that Finn and Rose's storyline was pointless, useless, didn't get anywhere. Uh, just to back up. Uh, okay, let me see. So, the Resistance are fleeing the First Order, yeah. and they find out that the First Order have the ability to track through hyperspace. Yeah. Which is a pretty fucking big moment for a Star Wars movie. I mean, that's been like a, a plot device for years. Yes. Uh, so, Finn and Rose and a post part of it come up with this plan to break into the First Order ship to damage or destroy the device they're using to track them through hyperspace long enough for the Resistance ship to go through hyperspace and and escape. escape. Uh, They use Maz Katana to get a contact to find out where this master codebreaker is they go to get Codebreaker, they get put in jail for a parking violation, <laughs> and they end up, through a series of events, meeting Benicio Del Toro's character, not the Codebreaker, but a Codebreaker. And yeah, he's not the master Codebreaker, but, but he is a Codebreaker. Yeah. And Finn, Rose, who is a new character and it's great, uh, and what's his DJ? DJ. Yeah, DJ, break into the First Order ship. Uh, disguised as First Order guards, like I said, like like we mentioned earlier. Yep. And even BB-8 is disguised as a little trash can. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Uh, but the people, the thing that people are complaining about is they get like ten feet away, and they get caught 
and they don't get to destroy it. So everyone's saying that it was pointless and it actually served no purpose. I thought it made sense, though. But, like, I thought there was something... I thought that was a cool idea. Like, you always see these these plan, like, these these devious heist plans in movies, and they always work. But, like, isn't it more heartbreaking to see this plan that took so much work and effort fall apart at the last minute? Because DJ fucked them over. Yeah. Like... like pe- people are saying that it was just filler and... But you expect the plan to work, so then yeah. when it doesn't, because of this new character... Yeah. Like, like yes, technically, in, in the c- continuity of the story, uh, no, the plan didn't amount to anything, but that doesn't mean what you watched on screen wasn't entertaining and wasn't didn't amount to anything story-wise. They wasted a bunch of their time. Didn't waste our time as viewers. It, it was... It, I mean, and you saw that on their face, that exasperated sort of, holy shit, we worked so hard to get here, and now we're fucked. Yeah. Like, they got arrested, they broke out of jail, they got shot at, they risked their lives, before they even got to the fucking... Yeah. That was before they broke into the fucking First Order ship. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get there, and then it all falls to shit because they get betrayed. Yeah. Like, they literally went through hell and back. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it made sense. Yeah. Sure was. Like, it, it's not the type of thing you usually see in a story, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. <laughs> Just because it didn't fucking perfectly fall into place. Um, and I guess we should talk about the, uh, the way that... What do you want to talk about first, Ray or Luke? Let's talk about Ray. Let's talk about Ray. So, because uh, a lot of this is going to be, a lot of this review is, is really going to be talking about what people didn't like and why we liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so, Ray has her whole story of, um, not it's not really being trained by Luke in the way that you'd think because Luke is more opposed to it than you would expect. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. But Ray spends a lot of time on this island, and she has this sort of uh, side story of how her and Kylo Ren are... Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if the mic's picked up. Somebody I hope the mic's picked it up. Uh-huh. Random people yelling stuff outside. I think that might have been Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> um... We're recording this on December 23rd, which probably explains why he sounded drunk. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's, it's Tipsy Eve. As as people apparently like to call it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, her and Kylo Ren are weirdly connected by the Force inexplicably. and Which is why I kind of thought that the whole, like, who is Ray's parents thing was going to mm. turn out that she was his sister and yeah. she was another child of Han and Leia. And, um, it's not, it, that story does not turn out like people expect it. Because people have been speculating since 
basically since Daisy Ridley was cast as who is Ray, whose daughter is she, whose granddaughter is she? Yeah, she's got to be part of like. But you find out, or at least we think, uh, Kylo Ren basically says, "You're a nobody. Uh, your parents were nobodies. They they sold you. They gave you away for booze money." Yeah. And you, he says, and it's pretty, it's pretty uh, harsh. You don't belong in this story. And a lot of people don't like that, apparently, because, I mean, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge galaxy filled with all these different people and creatures. But all the heroes need to be from like the same two or three families, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that it was pretty cool. And I, I do think that was part of Ryan Johnson's message, in that a hero can come from, from anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was—I think—that was the idea, which is very possible. Yeah, and I to mean, me, I took that as like I read that situation as just Kylo trying to piss off Ray because he's trying to get her to join him, so he wants her to be like on the dark side. And anger and rage are, you know, like the path to the dark side. So, what's gonna make you more mad than, like, spending your entire life trying to find out who you are and find out who your parents are, where you come from, than to be told, like, your parents were nobodies who cast you aside for booze money. Like, you know, like, he... To me, that just seemed like Kylo just kind of, like, jabbing at an open wound, trying to enrage her so she'll join him on the dark side. Whether or not he even knows where she comes from or not, like, he could just be saying that to manipulate her. Yeah. And I think that's that's something I didn't think about until we were talking before the recording, but... uh fair idea as well. That's how I read the situation. I could be wrong. The, the only... That could have been exact... Like, he could have been telling her the truth. The only reason I do think that Ray is actually, uh, I guess, a nobody is because that final shot of the movie that a lot of people didn't like, where you see that uh, orphan showing signs of the Force mm-hmm. as you see the uh, Resistance ship fly through the sky. He, he uses the like he uses like the force to pick up a broom or something, right? Yeah. And I do think that was on purpose because I think that was supposed to tie into the same idea as a hero can be can come from nothing. A hero, anyone yep. has the potential to be a hero. Well, aren't those the best stories? Absolutely. The ones where the hero overcomes so many obstacles and odds mm-hmm. comes from literally nothing to rise up. No, but apparently it's way cooler when. There just happened to be the kid of somebody else from yeah. some other movie, I guess. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, like... I'm just going to use this movie as an example because I've watched it very recently. Look at Rocky. Yeah. Rocky starts off as a fucking nobody. He... He doesn't even win the fight in the first movie. Mm. Really? Well, I mean... Technically, but yeah, like rock. Like you look at that movie series. Rocky comes from nowhere, living in this tiny shithole apartment, and then he ends up living in a mansion. 
by the time he beats Ivan Drago um, in the fourth movie. Slight tangent. I don't know if I've ever seen a Rocky movie. <laughs> I have the first four. Uh, you know what? Um, well, spoiler alert. I saw the one where Apollo Creed dies. That's the fourth one. Fourth one, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah. So are they, like, should I check these out? Are they... I love the Rocky movies. Yeah? Any any certain preference? Um, all of them. All of them? Well, the first four. I really want to see Creed, too. I heard Creed was awesome. Creed is good. They're actually making a sequel to Creed. Yeah. Where it's rumored that Dolph Lundgren is going to reprise his role as Ivan Drago. Yeah, I heard something like, um... He's going to be training, I don't know if it's his son or, like, another, like, a, basically a younger version yeah. of Drago to fight, uh, I don't even know, Michael B. Jordan's character, whatever yeah. his name is, Apollo Creed's son, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, that's just what I heard, but, uh, anyway, back to Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you want... The hero, like, it's so much more satisfying when the hero is this underdog character. Yeah. And just becomes this huge success story. Yeah. Like, do you want to watch a movie where this person who starts out on top has to overcome very minimal adversity in order to keep winning? Yeah. Like, where's the excitement in that? I don't know. Um... Let's back up a second to cameos because we forgot to mention the biggest cameo of the movie, and uh, maybe my favorite cameo for a long time. Yoda. Oh yeah. Fucking Yoda's back. It's yeah. Force skills Yoda. Yeah, but it's not Yoda that was in episodes one through three. Oh, it's not little CGI, weirdly stern Yoda. No, it's the silly. Muppety fucking Frank Oz, man. Yeah. And it. Do you think that was a puppet or CGI? I think it was a puppet. I can't tell. I Frank can't, Oz was in the credits. Yeah. But I can't tell. When I, when I was watching it, I was trying to analyze it, and I couldn't tell if that was one of the most detailed puppets I've ever seen or CGI'd, like, to look like the puppet. Because it looked better. Than the original trilogy puppet. Yeah. But it looked way more like a puppet than CGI Yoda. I can't tell. Maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe they touched it uh, up. I think post. I think it is a. I think it's a puppet that I mean they had to give them like that blue glowing aura yeah, and they had to yeah. edit out the puppeteers and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that it was a puppet that mm. they touched up in post yeah. and edited. And maybe did a little bit of CGI too. Yeah. Because they had to remove his mustache after his <laughs> film obligations to yeah. another project. <laughs> Fuck. Have you heard what came. Like, we're going to take a, a Justice League tangent here. Have you heard the shit that came out about that after? No. Okay. Uh, Warner Bros. offered. I don't remember the studio because it was Mission Impossible, apparently, that. Uh, Henry Cavill needed the mustache for, right? Yeah. Warner Bros. offered, they said, if you guys will allow Henry Cavill, because they were like, no, he has to keep the mustache. Uh, if you guys will allow Henry Cavill to shave the mustache for our filming, we offer to do uh, free 
CGI adding a mustache for any scenes that you need to film with him that require it. They even filmed test footage of the mustache because the mustache is way easier to add than take away. Yeah. It's easier to create a fake mustache than it is to create a fucking fake lip on someone with a mustache, obviously. Uh, So they, they, for free, did up the test footage and sent it to them and were like, we will do this free of charge if you will just let him shave the mustache off. And the studio was like, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) They just were like, no, fuck Warner Bros. He he has to keep the mustache, work around it. That is amazing. Oh, man. So, that happened. Um... (laughs) Uh, I want to touch more on Yoda and the stuff that they did with him, but I feel like that ties more into everything with Luke. Yeah. So, let's clue up uh, Ray's story. Uh, Ray tracks down Kylo, goes yep. straight to the ship, and he is brought straight to Snoke. Yeah. So, you have this intense as fuck, very, very uh, Return of the Jedi scene with the three of them in the throne room. Yeah. And uh she's tr- Ray is trying to tell Kylo like there is good in you come to the light and Snoke is like he's too far gone. Kylo is I think trying to turn Ray into the dark side. Everyone's yeah. got ulterior motives going on here. Well, yep. not even ulterior. That's just fucking that's They're wearing just, it on their sleeve. Yeah. Uh, and Snoke... I'm trying to remember exactly. Is Snoke trying to get... He tries to get Kylo to kill her. Right? Because yeah. he, he says, like, by killing you, it'll prove yeah. that my apprentice is loyal to me. Yes. And then Kylo pulls a real fucking cool move in that he is... I'm trying to remember exactly what... I'm trying to remember the scene exactly... But he's using the force to, to do one thing, but also doing something at the same time. And he takes Snoke's lightsaber. It was Ray's lightsaber, wasn't it? Because he had take Snoke had used the force to remove Ray's lightsaber from her. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? He disarmed her, and yes. he put it just on oh, his. You're right, you're right. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember exactly what he was like, what he looked like he was doing when he turned the lightsaber. Uh, he was doing something that it looked like he was getting ready to kill Ray, but the exact same movements he was making with Ray was just turning... The lightsaber yeah, 90 degrees. Yeah, Snoke's, uh, Ray's lightsaber 90 degrees so that it was facing Snoke, and when he lit up his own lightsaber... He used the force to do to also light up Snoke's lightsaber and fucking cut him in half. Yeah. So Snoke fucking met a pretty early end. Yeah. But I've heard people speculate that that's not the end of Snoke either. Because I've heard people speculate. Now this is all just theories and speculation. Yeah. That Snoke... Because everyone was like, okay, who's Snoke? Where does Snoke come from? Yeah. I've heard a lot of people... Speculate that Snoke is actually Darth Plagueis, the guy that Palpatine was talking about. Excuse me, in Episode Three, when he's telling Luke that there was a Sith Lord that discovered how to, you know, wave off death. Yeah. And his appearance would lead you to believe, like, you know, he's been mm-hmm. through some shit. Yeah. So, 
if Palpatine had thought that he killed Snoke, Darth Plagueis, way back when, when he was the apprentice killing his master, then, like, you know, that would explain Snoke's disfigurement. Yeah. And so people were saying, like, well, then if that was the case, he could have also kept himself alive during this. I mean, it's canon that Darth Maul survived being chopped in half by Obi-Wan and replaced his legs with um, robotic legs. Okay. So people are saying, like, so why can't Snoke do the same thing? Yeah. I know a lot of people were pissed that Snoke died in this movie but because we don't know who he is. But look back at the original trilogy. Tell me, like, at the time of their death, what the fuck we knew about... Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, Yoda, Boba Fett... Fucking, uh... Shit, there was another big one. We didn't know... Like, we didn't know where Palpatine came from. Exactly. We didn't know anything about these characters. We didn't know how Vader came to be Vader. Like, honestly, you know what? This could be the last we see of Snoke in these movies, and that is fine, because there's ample time to give his backstory elsewhere. Yeah. That's quite okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be... Like, you don't have to give the whole story right now. No. <laughs> um, and, uh... You don't have to give it ever. No, you don't. Really, you don't. I mean... It doesn't need to be explained in movies. He could have his own comic book series that explains it. He yeah. could have a... Like, it could... We could end up with a animated series kind of like Clone Wars that yeah. explains it. It could just never get explained and it could just be a mystery where people speculate yeah. and we could, we could get the animated series Snoke and Friends Happy Hour yeah, yeah. Saturday mornings with Snoke yeah. Snoke um, and Bullwinkle um, shit <laughs> uh, but no so, so as far as we can see Snoke has met his end yes and Kylo is the new uh, supreme leader. Yep. But before that, we get a really fucking cool fight scene where Rey and Kylo team up to take on the, uh, what is it called? The Praetorian Guard? Yeah. Which are very much like uh, Palpatine's, uh, what were they called? The the guards he had in... in in the original trilogy, were they just called the Imperial Guard? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the red, the the cool, the costume design on the Praetorian Guard is fucking insanely cool. Oh my god, yes! And those big, like, bladed. Well, each staffs. of them had a different weapon. Did they? Yeah. Shit, I didn't notice that. Like, yeah. I, I know, I, I, I was just <laughs> very caught up in. Each of them had yeah. a different weapon. I'm. They were all similarly based. But, like, one of them had, like, a whip sword. One of them yeah, had, yeah, like, yeah. a spear-type thing. Another one had two swords. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, the whip yeah. the whip was fucking cool. Yeah. There was a lot going on in that fight scene. Yeah. And it all took place in that really cool-looking th- throne room. And, man, that was... And at that point, you think you've seen the best fight scene of the movie. Yeah. And there's so much more. <laughs> because yeah. to bring it back to Finn, after Finn and Rose get uh, ambushed it leads to uh, and all the storylines tie in here but through a series of events that ship is destroyed 
mm-hmm. to a really cool scene. We'll get into that story in a minute, too. Yep. Uh, and Finn and Captain Phasma face off. Yep. And, again, Phasma meets her end, and it's so fucking good. Yep. Which, I thought they were going to end up unmasking her. They, like, kind of did. It showed her eye. Yeah. The damage, like, when she turned and her face yeah. mask was beat up, yeah. I thought it was going to be exposing more of her yeah. face than it was. Yeah. But it showed her eye. But, you know what, though? Uh, you saw her eye, and it's just, look, there was no makeup, there's nothing added to it, it was just Gwendolyn Christie's face. Yeah. And she didn't really change her voice at all for the role. It's just, and I feel like, I never thought about it till just now, but in the same way that a hero can come from anywhere... A villain can come from anywhere, too. Yeah. And there doesn't need to be this big, hideous monster under the mask. It's it's just a woman in armor. Yeah. Like, it's just another person. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty fucking cool. But that, though, that's got to be one of, one of my favorite lines of the year. Not even my favorite line of the movie, but the... the you're scum, you'll always be scum. And then he comes back with... Rebel scum, yeah, and then fucking does he kick her, push her? I can't remember what he does there. He, he smacks her in the head yeah. and knocks her into a flaming pit, much like uh, uh, the fucking guy from Hunchback of Notre Dame, <laughs> just flying off a ledge in into a pit of fire. Yeah, like Frollo. There you go, Frollo. Not to be confused with Frodo hmm. or Rolos or Yolo. Um, man, I want roll-ups now. Me too. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm stopping for snacks on the way home. So, man, there's so many storylines for all over the place. I I want I want to I want to save Luke's for last. Um, so let's take a minute and go back to the Resistance ship, uh, where it explained that the whole hyperspace tracking thing. And Finn and Rose sneak off to try and find the Master Coder. We talked about all that. Yeah. But uh, Leia, I thought, was going to die in that scene. Uh, I did. There were a couple points where I thought she was going to die. And surprisingly, Leia survives the movie. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what they're going to do with that, but her, her storyline is actually really good in this, and I'm glad they didn't take that away from Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So, but she does spend a good portion of the movie unconscious. Yeah. Sort of in a coma because the ship is attacked, and what what do you think of that one scene that a lot of people didn't like? Where Kylo she, hesitated. Well, or? Kylo hesitates, and then someone else blows up the ship, and oh, uh, another death. Admiral Ackbar. Yeah. His end. And I'm glad they actually gave him that moment because I saw him in the room when the room blows up. And then afterwards, they see that Leia survived, and I'm just like, shit, what happened to Akbar? And they actually mentioned, like, amongst the casualties was, or, like, one of our, one of the, the great resistance leaders, Admiral Akbar, and they kind of take a moment. Yeah. Which is pretty cool for yeah. a character who has a big cult following, but isn't really in the movies that much. I mean, yeah. he, he gets scenes every now and then. Yeah. In, like, what, Force Awakens and Return of the Jedi is about it, really. Yeah. Um... So Akbar was he in Rogue One? I believe he was. I, probably, 
It would make sense. There were other people of his race. Yeah. Um, so Leia is floating out in space and sort of like crystallizing and I thought that was going to be her death and then there's this scene that a lot of people didn't like where she seemingly uses the force to float back into the ship Mm -hmm. what do you think of that? well I mean it's hinted before oh yeah Yeah. that Leia has a connection to the force that she has abilities so if she had abilities and we never got to see them ever they'd be pissed about that yeah what was the point in saying Leia had powers if she never ever got to use them? Yeah. So then she uses them, and then because they're just contrary fuckwits, <laughs> yeah, they're like, "Oh, she, her powers are stupid." By the way, um, let's, let's take a moment and just say this. Uh, in my opinion, there, when it comes to movies and TV and video games and comics. There's no right or wrong answer. There is no best, no worst. We rank this for fun. Yep. Everyone's opinion is valid. If you think that Phantom Menace is the greatest movie ever made, then... I was thinking about that in the shower yesterday, actually. I was thinking, like, somewhere out there, out of all the people in the world, there is someone who their favorite movie ever made is Batman and Robin. Probably, yeah, there's some... Could be listening right now. Yeah. And as much as I think it's a bag of shit, I am never going to tell that person that they are wrong. No. Because if you got enjoyment out of it, if you sat down and you enjoyed it, then I can't be... Who am I to say that, no, no, you didn't. (laughs) Your enjoyment is invalid. Yeah, really, though. I just... It's when people seem to take no joy in anything that bothers me. Yeah. When people, no matter what you do, yeah. there's no winning because they're going to take issue yeah. with it. Yeah, and, and and the points we're bringing up here about The Last Jedi, it's not like one or two people specifically were like, oh, it, was, it was a bad movie. It's, yeah. it's a large portion of the audience is yeah. outraged by this movie, and I feel like it's coming from a place of these expectations from fan theories. Yeah. That's really all it is. Like when if you just sit back and and let the storytelling happen, that's a really fucking good movie. Yeah. Instead of trying to predict and dictate. Yeah. Like and predictate. <laughs> there you go. What a bunch of predictators, man. Yeah. <laughs> um and like we we do that shit. We predict. We We, we do. rank. We we talk theories but it's all just fun but when I go into a movie I'm not sat there with yeah. my preconceived notions of what should happen yeah like there with a checklist in front of me waiting for things to happen yeah. no I sit there and I go into the movie blank slated and just I let it unfold and then after the movie I go back and I look at the yeah. the, the proverbial checklist and see how many of them the movie met yep um, I'm trying to think I'm trying to get back on here um, yeah so Leia survives but while she's unconscious uh, what's the character's name? Holdo? 
I believe yeah. it's Holdo. Was it Lieutenant Holdo? Is that, I, I can't remember what her, I don't know, remember what her ranking is. She She's the next in line. Played by Helen Mirren, wasn't it? No, uh, Laura Dern. Okay. From Jurassic Park. Uh, from the original Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. That's who it is. And, and she's pretty good. Like, you don't like her <laughs> exactly in this movie, uh, but because her and Poe are just butting heads the whole time. And I feel like that was probably some of uh, Poe's best moments. It's him standing up for what he believes in and um, being stubborn as fuck. Um, but uh, I, I really th- think that that whole storyline came together in one of the single most amazing moments in a Star Wars movie ever. Yeah. When, uh, again, spoiler alert, Haldo dies as well. Um, through a series of events, they are evacuating the ship. Haldo stays behind, and she. Is, she decides to turn the entire resistance ship around to face the First Order ship, aim it straight through the middle, and jump into hyperspace. Yup, tearing them in half. And it is fucking insane. There's no sound at all in the scene. The ship is being ripped in half in the middle of space to pure silence. And it was... That has to be one of the greatest things I've seen in a movie in a long time. It's just a like an absolute fucking spectacle. Vice Admiral Holdo. Vice Admiral. There we go. And uh, like that whole storyline wasn't my favorite of the movie, but that's because there's a lot of other great storylines. Uh, most of what I liked about that was Holdo and Poe butting heads. And then the fact that it came together and the ship being fucking torn apart. And, and of course, I mean, at the time of this, you have Kylo and Rey uh, about to sort of face off. And Finn and Rose are just being apprehended by the First Order. All this shit's going on on the ship when Holo just fucking tears through it. Which is how... Comes to the point where Finn, uh, Finn and Phasma face off. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think? Is there anything else we need to touch on before we get into Luke's story? Uh, I don't think so. So, Luke Skywalker is a big source of the. Uh, What's the word here? The controversy, the the arguments, the back and forth between a lot of people and why they did or did not like this movie. A lot of people think that they ruined the character. They changed the character too much. I don't agree. Uh, I think Luke... I think it makes sense. I think everything they did with Luke makes perfect sense. Um... To start it all off, the the very ending of Force Awakens, of course, if those don't recall, 
is Ray finally tracking down Luke Skywalker on this remote island uh, and holding out his lightsaber to him. So this movie picks right up with that scene with Ray extending the lightsaber to Luke. And instead of this big dramatic moment, Luke takes the lightsaber and just fucking chucks it over his shoulder and walks away. Yep. <laughs> Which was funny and and really sets up Luke's story in that Luke has, Luke's want, wants nothing to do with the Force. He wants nothing to do with the Jedi. He thinks the Jedi should end. Yep. And a lot of people don't like that. But, I mean, obviously it comes from... It's no spoiler to say that all the shit that happened between him and Kylo, he was training Kylo Ren, and Kylo Ren went fucking evil as shit. Yeah. Which is the same reason that Obi-Wan, at the beginning of the very first movie, didn't want anything to do with this shit. Yeah. It, I, don't, I don't know why it's a surprise to think that Luke would, you know, be this big hero. Like, I don't know why, why you would think that Luke would want... He's jaded by yeah. all the bad experiences. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think it changes character. It's just character. Uh, it's been a long time since Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming this roughly the same amount of time has passed, um, which would be like what? Well, I mean, Han and Leia had to get together and have a kid, Who? and the kid has grown up to be Kylo. Who's like a fucking thirty year old man at least. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, obviously there, there's been a lot of shit to happen in Luke Skywalker's life since we last saw him. So obviously, yeah, he is a different character. He's yeah, your experiences change you. Yeah, that's kind of how life works. Yep, <laughs> can't just pick it up and him being the same little golden boy we saw in Jedi. Yeah, right? um, I I have to tell you this. I just got a message from Emily. Yep, which was a screenshot of a friend of ours yeah. on Twitter mm-hmm. which pertains to what we're talking about. Oh, okay, fitting. Yeah, very fitting. Um, someone tweeted like what they wanted for Christmas was a golden Snoke robe Yeah. and Lucas responded to him saying, I heard it's half off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Big props for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, okay, uh, enough of the opinions on it. Let's just run through Luke's story pretty quick here. Yeah. Uh, Ray wants Luke to train her in the ways of the Jedi. Luke says, basically, to paraphrase, fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Jedi need to end, and uh, he's obviously jaded by everything that happened with Kylo Ren, uh, or Ben Solo, I guess, as he knew him. Not only just Ben, but, like, he lost half of his students. Yeah, exactly. Well, technically he lost all of his students. Yeah, because half were killed, the other half were... Fol- they followed Ben. Uh, yeah, and the Knights of Ren, I believe they're supposedly called. I heard. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to see much of them well, or what. Something, I think it might have been Emily that mentioned this to me. Yeah. But she said like, what if because 
it said like half a dozen of them followed Kylo and then Kylo was mentored by Snoke yeah so and the guards that Snoke had were pretty elite fighters and Emily was like what if the Jedi students that followed Kylo ended up being Snoke's personal guard that would be interesting that could make sense because I mean there aren't going to be many other warriors no in the universe that are going to be able to hold their own as well as those people did yeah. against Rey and Kylo yeah they were pretty elite yeah so it kind of makes sense um so yeah so Luke lost all of his students all of his students half died the other half betrayed him and that one became the new basically the new Darth Vader the new uh supreme evil fucker in the universe yeah um and Luke I guess reluctantly agrees to train Rey and I think it's the very first training lesson isn't it the very the very first lesson that uh, the dark side calls to her and she instead of pushing it away explores it out of curiosity yeah and he says no 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 you like <laughs> I've seen this power before uh, I don't want anything to do with this yeah and uh, which makes sense I mean you already <laughs> you already accidentally trained the uh, like I said, the the supreme evil fucker. You you don't want to add to that. You don't yeah. want to double up. And uh, they butt heads a lot. He does train her a bit, but he's doesn't want to. No. And um, I try to remember all the in between here in their story, but it gets to the point where Ray leaves to. Uh, to meet Kylo and Luke uh, decides that he is going to end it and on this island of course the reason he chose this island is this is where all these the ancient sacred texts of the Jedi exist Yeah, and he's going to burn it down he's going to destroy the I guess the, the ancient books of the mm-hmm. Jedi and uh as he's about to, Yoda appears. Yep. And this is such a good scene. I love. I love how the scene goes. Uh, and Luke tells him, "Yoda, it's got to end. It's all got to come to an end. I'm going to destroy it." And he hesitates. He's just looking. He's he has the torch and he's looking and he's gonna do it. And then Yoda. Yoda's like, "What are you waiting for?" Boom. Yeah. Which is interesting because we've never seen a Force Ghost do anything and Force Ghost Yoda strikes fucking lightning from the sky on this hut and destroys it and so with such a blast that Luke is knocked back yeah Uh, which I don't know what we're gonna see from Force Ghosts in the future but uh, what I love is that Muppety little Yoda is laughing his ass off about it and basically just says like what is it he says Um, they weren't exactly page turners (laughs) and you know, it's not all in books that he doesn't do it in a way of like the Jedi have to end. It's more of a the books don't mean shit. Like they're ceremonial. Yeah, and there's more to the Jedi and the Force than 
these books have to offer. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, you want to talk about that that ending? Yeah, I definitely do. So, um, all the other storylines come together. The Resistance flee to that salt planet, I, which I don't remember the name of. Oh, I don't either. They get pinned down very much in a, a Hoth. It's very reminiscent of the Hoth battle from Empire. Yes. Uh, they get pinned down in basically in this cave uh, by the First Order. And when they... It looks like they don't have any other options. And Luke shows up. Yep. And Luke just walks out into the battlefield. And that really badass scene where Kylo demands every ship to blast him with everything they have. And when the smoke clears, he brushes the dirt off his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker face off in the lightsaber battle we've all wanted from the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And, um, man, that's a, such a fucking good scene. So good. Uh, so Kylo seemingly cuts Luke in half. With his lightsaber. And as we're waiting for Luke to, like, fall apart, he turns around. And he's fine. And, uh, it's at that point that you realize that Luke is not actually here. That he is using the Force to project an image of himself onto another planet. Which is, like... Amazing. And the whole thing was a distraction, a diversion, so that everyone else could get away. Fucking brilliant, and uh, I was I was waiting because I saw your Facebook status that just said "see you around, kid," and I'm waiting. I was like, it's definitely a line from this fucking movie. When is it gonna happen? And of course, when Kyle realizes that Luke's not there, that's when he yeah tells him like it basically I can't remember what exactly he says to Kyle before he says something else, doesn't he? Along yeah. the, along the lines of like it. it I don't remember, but uh, oh yeah, about that he will not be the last Jedi. Mm. That there will be more. Yeah, and then he says, "See you around, kid," and disappears. Yep. At which point, I was like, "Holy shit, Luke's not gonna die either," but he does. Yes, in the most fitting way. Yep. Um, man, and it was it's fucking heavy scene yeah you you flash back to Luke on his on his little island um clearly strained and just physically drained from yeah I mean he force (laughs) he 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 used the force to project himself onto another planet I mean that's fucking insane uh, Flawlessly enough that someone else trained in the Force didn't pick up on it. Yeah. And he manages to climb up onto a rock, sit down, see a vision of his setting suns from Tatooine, which I thought was perfect. So fucking perfect. And then, much like Obi Wan and Yoda, he disappears and his robes fall to the ground. Yes. Man. But that's the thing. Qui-Gon 
died. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the Jedi's died in Episode Three. Mm-hmm. None of them just poof their robes yeah. are left behind. Yeah. It's only the ones who have come back as Force ghosts. Yeah. Where they've left the robes behind. Exactly. And I feel like there, there's something. There's some. There's a reasoning behind it. I think it's it's got more to do with how how entwined in the Force that Jedi is. Yeah. And how, like, because we cut to Leia and Rey speaking, and they both have sensed that Luke died, but that there was no pain. What is it? Rey says something along the lines of, there's no pain, there's no anger, only acceptance and balance. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. So, like, Luke, Luke died by himself, but everyone knows. Yeah. It's there's no mystery, there's no question there. Yeah. Um, man, that was. I thought that was. I thought I don't think anyone could have. I don't think George Lucas himself, at his peak, could have come up with a better death for Luke Skywalker. No. Uh, shit, man, that was. And then we go to the the orphan ending that I mentioned earlier as well. Mm-hmm. Man. But you think about it, like. Obi-Wan accepted his fate. He let Vader strike him down. Like, he... You know, like, set his arms aside. Was like, alright, this is what's happening. And he let Vader strike him down. That happens. Yeah. The robes fall. But then later in the movie, like, they wouldn't have taken down the Death Star if it wasn't for Obi-Wan, like... He was there with Luke. He told him to use the Force and trust it. So yeah. Luke pushes away the sights, trusts the Force, and hits the target. Yeah. Boom. Death Star. Gone. Yeah. Obi-Wan was like Luke's conscience for the rest of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. He was show- He showed up multiple times just like guiding him. So now Luke is able to do that for Rey or for whoever else. Just be a disembodied voice, just offering guidance. Mm-hmm. Which, man, it's pretty great for Mark Hamill because voice is what he does best. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I don't know what else to say about this movie. This, I mean, Go just, see uh, it. That's I'm, what I have to it, say. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure there's more we can touch on. But one more thing, back to the the complaints about this movie. A lot of people complain about the logistics. In some of it about how why didn't the first order just track more ships to the other side like to the to come front on to the resistance ship and stop them that way and apparently there were a lot of uh, logistical plot holes but frankly if we're gonna go with logistical plot holes in Star Wars movies we're gonna have to back this the fuck Greedo. up not just Greedo, but I mean, you got a mo- you got a movie set in a universe where every planet has the exact same gravitational pull. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, I the movies about fictional aliens and fucking heroes with laser swords. And... Who gives a flying fuck about logic? <laughs> it's just just have fun. Like, but like based on that same. Uh, Reasoning, there's so many holes you could find in in the best of these movies. Yeah. So, fuck that. Uh, yeah. 
Last Jedi. Like, I'm guilty of finding holes in X-Men Apocalypse that I didn't need to pick up on, like, stuff with Angel and stuff like that, but... Yeah, but would you have complained about it if the movie was fun? If the movie was fun, I probably would have looked past it. Yeah, exactly. Because there were other... There were other things in some of the other X-Men movies that didn't suck so bad that I overlooked because I was having a good time. See, the way I look at it is if a movie is fun enough and entertaining enough that it can distract you from the plot holes, then good on it. Mm -hmm. I agree. If you're bored enough that you're picking up on shit, then the movie did something wrong. Yeah. So. uh, Some people are just going to overanalyze anyway. Yeah. And I guess we'll call this the end of the spoiler territory there now? Yes. Right about now. Okay. Um, we're quite a ways in. We haven't even touched on Christmas. <laughs> I knew I knew we were going to need a bit of time for The Last Jedi. Oh, I yeah. kind of expected that. Uh, uh, one, are, do you have anything else to touch on with Last Jedi? No. I think we're, I think we're good. If uh, well, We already said it's probably the best Star Wars movie since Empire. Yeah. And I don't know. It's hard pressed not to say it's the best movie of the year. There's a couple that come close, but this is probably my movie of the year. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into Christmas movie territory because as much as it's not geeky, it's pretty fucking pop culture, and that's something yeah. we touch on. Uh, something we were gonna do, and I think we both kind of forgot about it. The idea of fan casting. Reboot of any Christmas movie. Yeah. So you don't have something for it, but. I uh, didn't prepare anything, but I could just comment on this just off the cuff. Okay. Uh, we were shooting back and forth ideas for things to do for a Christmas episode. Yeah. And the second I texted you this idea, the whole cast just came together in my head, and I. And I'm actually kind of disappointed that this isn't a real movie now. Okay. Uh, so I would like to see a reboot of Jingle All the Way. <laughs> and for for starters, maybe pick someone from actually who's actually American to play Howard, who is supposedly just an average American dad with a heavy Austrian accent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, just, just tell me. Okay, if, do you know? Are you familiar with Jingle All the Way? Is this movie that you the Schwarzenegger movie yeah. where he fights Sinbad? Yeah. So the movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, fitting with Star Wars because Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, Jake Lloyd plays as Jamie. usual, as usual, pretty annoying kid. Mm-hmm. Not as annoying as Anakin, but you know, no. Um, whose dad is kind of a flake, uh, always late, doesn't show up to ship, and he forgets to get the toy that was the main thing he wanted for Christmas and it's like Christmas Eve or something or like like a couple days before Christmas and he realizes oh shit I forgot to get him the Turbo Man toy and uh, so the whole movie is just him trying to get this and you've got mainly Arnold Schwarzenegger as Howard Uh, Sinbad is another dad who's trying to get the Turbo Man Uh, he plays a character named Myron and you've got the, the other main character, in my opinion, is Howard's next-door neighbor, Ted, played by Phil Hartman. The late, great Phil Hartman. Yep. Uh, I mean, there are other characters, but those are the main three that I, I thought would, like, 
are the comedic basis of the movie. So, in my mind, a perfect reboot would be Jason Siegel as Howard. Because yeah. he doesn't need to be a fit, buff guy like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just supposed to be a, a kind of not-so-great dad who like is just a bit of a fuck-up. Uh, Donald Glover as Myron. That works. And... Uh, the hard, the hardest one was to find someone who could do f- a Phil Hartman character justice as being this super annoying but way too perfect neighbor who just doesn't really do anything wrong except when he gets a little sleazy at the end of the movie. But he, he's just he's so perfect it's annoying and leads to being uh, absolutely hated by Howard. And I think that character should be played by Bill Hader. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Jingle All the Way, starring Jason Segel, Donald Glover, and Bill Hader, would be a remake I would love to see happen. Um. Oh, what's the kid's name? Ty Simpkins. Oh yeah, Ty Simpkins would, would do good. From Jurassic World and yeah. Insidious. Yeah. Well, they they'll probably have to make it pretty soon because he's. Starting to grow up a little. Yeah. But but uh, if they were to make it today, yeah. like this very minute. 100%. I watched a share of that. Jingle All the Way was one of those movies I, like... Just wanted a turbo, man. I always thought it was a bad movie, and like, it's actually pretty fun. Like, it's not... it's not, It doesn't make my top five. No. But... Uh, I love you, Jamie. <laughs> turbo Man. <laughs> and then you got fucking, like, The Big Show, and... Um, uh, Jim Belushi was it? Yeah. Shows up and uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Merton Muller. <laughs> Merton Mull? Mull? Muller? What is his name? The guy from Roseanne. Yeah. He, I know who you're talking he's about. A, he's like a radio. Mull. Merton Mull. Yeah, he's the radio host, right? Yeah. Well, it's a pretty good cast, right? Yeah. If I was just to say something just off the cuff like this for a Christmas movie idea, um, the Ed Helms vacation movie what was actually pretty decent. The Ed Helms one? Yeah. I haven't seen that. It was decent. It wasn't... Like, I wouldn't say it was classic like the originals, but I think they could get away with making a Christmas vacation with the Ed Helms family. Okay. And... Because, I mean, they even had Chevy Chase yeah. in that. So would you, would you do a, a remake or, a, like, a sort of a, a sequel? Like a modern day, because... Like a sequel. Yeah, because you'd keep Chevy Chase Because this, uh, this is Ross grown up with yeah. a family of his own. So they run into their own Christmas shenanigans, and Christmas is a time when yeah. the family gets together. So then you got an excuse to yeah. bring in Chevy Chase again. Would you bring back Randy Quaid? <laughs> 100 <laughs> percent find find him in whatever dive bar he's currently in and drag trailer him. in the middle of the desert <laughs> uh, and I hope Randy Quaid's doing well even if it's a post credit scene just <laughs> yeah. shitter's still full <laughs> man uh, okay that sounds like a good idea I need, I should probably watch the Ed Helms vacation movie you should because I do like those movies it, it's it, not the greatest movie but but, it, but Chevy it, Chase is in it so I mean briefly but yeah. it, it is it's got a few dumb laughs okay. Chris, 
Chris Hemsworth is in it. Okay. That's, that's, hmm. That sounds convincing. Sure. And I do like Ed Helms. Yeah, Ed Helms is pretty funny. I get him mixed up with the other guy. Jason Sudeikis. Mm. Ed Helms and Jason Sudeikis, I have trouble remembering which ones were in which movie. Yeah. They're both funny. They're both very funny guys. Yeah. But for some reason, like I can picture... Are they in any movies together? Yes. They were both in We're the Millers. Yes. Because one of them plays the other's boss, right? Ed Helms is the big bad guy that yeah. Jason Sudeikis is getting the drugs for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh... Okay, let's get into it. Top five Christmas movies all right. of all time. So I'll get you to kick this off. Um, unfortunately, Gremlins, Lethal Weapon, Batman Returns, none of those made my list. <laughs> Batman Returns would have been a good one. Why didn't I have that on mine? <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> me, and, me and Charlotte were arguing about what constitutes a Christmas movie. Emily and I argued about this recently, too. <laughs> and I wanted to, out of spite, just make a whole list of Christmas movies that weren't Christmas movies. Like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, put that in there. <laughs> which is a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I guess kind of out of spite. My number five, I'm, I'm going to start this off. Yeah. My number five is Die Hard. Yeah. Um, mostly because Charlotte says it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> But, uh, no, in all honesty, I still, I, I love Die Hard, but it doesn't bring, it, it, honestly, when it comes to a Christmas movie, it's not about how much I want to watch it all the time, because Christmas movies, I really only want to watch around the holidays. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's more about what do I want to want to, want to want to, what do I want to watch come December? Yes. And Die Hard does, is, is up there, but it's not, not my top four. Yeah. I mean... If we're going, if we're talking action movies, if we're talking Bruce Willis movies, talking uh, movies set in large buildings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Die Hard is way up there. It's I think it's one of the greatest action movies ever made. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, Alan Rickman, Bruce Willis. Yep. And um, fucking that dad from Family Matters. <laughs> I forget the actor's name. Oh my god, I'm blanking on it. Yeah. What's the what's the cop's name? Officer shit, uh King. I'm just remembering Carl Winslow. <laughs> yeah, okay, that'll do. Carl Winslow it is. Yeah. Carl Winslow was great in this movie. Um and I mean it's filled with Reginald Vell Johnson? Probably. <laughs> I need to Google that while okay. you're talking. You Google it. Uh, the movie's just it happens to be one of the greatest action movies ever made that is also set on Christmas. And, um, I mean, it's filled with fantastic, uh, scenes and lines, and the cast is solid. Uh, Alan Rickman is very unlike Alan Rickman. Uh, as... Hans Gruber. Yep. Uh, yeah, Reginald Bell Johnson. There you go. That was uh, that was a good one. I would never have pulled that out. He's still alive, apparently. That's good. Sixty-five years old. Good for him. Yeah. I hope he's having a good Christmas or whatever holiday he celebrates. Well, the picture of him on IMDb, he looks quite happy. <laughs> so I hope he's doing well. He always looks like he's in a good mood. 
Mm, I don't know. There's times when Urkel comes over. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. Uh, Steve Urkel. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Die Hard is my number five. What you got? My number five is The Santa Claus. I love The Santa Claus. With Tim Allen. You know what? I'm just going to skip to the chaser. That's my number four. Nice. Yeah. That movie is so fun. You know, I didn't know how much I liked this movie till a couple of years back. Because I remember seeing like a couple of those movies when I was younger and never thought much of it. And then over the last couple of years, when I was just trying to look for, like, like, you know, what are some good Christmas movies? And I was like, I haven't seen that in a long time. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. And it is funny as shit. It is funny. It's way funnier than... Like, if you haven't seen this movie since it came out, it is so much funnier than you remember as a child. The sequels are garbage. I don't mind the sequels, man. Mm. Third one is... It gets a little rough. Second one? Not bad. I only ever had a taste for the first one. Okay, okay. But it's a classic. I I used to watch this movie year-round as a child. Oh, yeah? But mostly around Christmas. I mean, it's, it's pretty dark for a kid's movie when you think about it it's like Santa Claus dies and the person who happens to be there and put on the suit is now contractually obligated yeah he gets caught in a legal loophole oh man but the humor is so good in this movie yeah like it is the humor is definitely not actually directed at children no it's only even vaguely directed at children because it happens to involve Santa Claus yeah but like this is 100% uh, an adult comedy is just filled with sarcasm and satire. Yep. Yeah, I love Santa Claus. And it's back when Tim Allen was good, good and, <laughs> and not an awful asshole. Yeah. Filled with terrible political opinions. Uh, who's the guy that plays uh, Buddy the Elf? David Crumholtz. Yeah, David Crumholtz. I only realized within the last week that I was the same person. I've known for years that Bernard the Elf Bernard, was... Bernard, he's a buddy. That's fucking Elf, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the first place I've ever seen him. I've known that for years. Every time I see him pop up, even like the small yeah. like role he had in Superbad, yeah. I remember the Santa Claus was the see, first... I've been seeing that guy in like Seth Rogen comedies for years now. Yeah. And every time I'm like, where do I know him? I know that guy. I know his voice. I know his face. And then when I rewatched Santa Claus a few years ago, I was just like, like I, I was like, man, this guy seems familiar. Where do I know him? Yep. And then literally last week, I was like, holy shit, David Crumholtz is the same. It's the same yep. fucking, you know. Uh, man. No, good movie. I need. I haven't watched that one yet this Christmas. I need. I need to get on that one. Yeah, it's definitely on my to watch list over the next few days. So. We also just covered your number oh, four. Uh, Charlotte needs to interject with Bernard the Elf being her first uh, movie crush. Nice. Yeah. Apparently, uh, there's a th- you can look online. There are BuzzFeed articles and everything. Apparently, Bernard the Elf, ha- uh, like, girls are fucking thirsty over Bernard the Elf. <laughs> like, apparently, that was a childhood crush of a lot of women. Wow. Yeah. Who knew? All right, so we just covered my number five and your number four, so yeah. I guess we'll just jump to my number four. Yeah, we got the Muppet Christmas Carol. That's also on my list. A little, a little higher. I'll we'll get to it after. But uh, like, Christmas Carol is one of the most well-known Christmas stories, mm-hmm. and everyone loves the Muppets. Oh yeah, 
So, like, you cross the two of those over, and what's not to love? This is both... Okay, it's not my favorite Muppets movie, but it's one of my favorites. No, it's not my favorite Muppets movie. That would be Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, good choice. Muppets from Space would be number two. Muppet Christmas Carol is probably number three. We're going to have to do a Muppets episode. Yeah. Fucking right, man. Honestly, and I don't know if traditionalists uh, don't like this or not. I don't care. My favorite Muppets movie is the 2011 The Muppets. Yeah, it this is, holds up. I love that movie. Um, still trying to figure out whether or not I'm a man or a Muppet. Uh, but Muppets Christmas Carol is both one of my favorite Muppets-related things and easily my favorite rendition of Christmas Carol. Yes. So, obviously it's got to make my top Christmas movies. Well, not necessarily my favorite rendition of A Christmas Carol. Because that's debatable. Hmm. But... Um, we'll get into that a little bit okay. later. Okay. Um, but it is a tradition in my house that my sister and I watch Muppet Christmas Carol every year. Awesome. That's yeah. a good tradition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I watched it two, three days ago. Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to watch it either tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it holds up so fucking well. Yeah. And, um... I'm gonna. I got a couple more points to touch on, but I'll touch on it when I get to it. On yeah, for sure. My side here. All right, so I guess we can go to your number three. My number three, probably most people's number one, Home Alone. The original. That's funny because it's also my number three. Ah, wh- this is the first time you and I have ever synced up on. No, we both said Deadpool is the best X Men movie. Yeah. Okay. This is like the second time in this entire podcast that we have placed things in the same spot. Yeah. Okay, so we are fully in agreement on Home Alone and Deadpool. Yeah. That sums up our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, Home Alone is probably the most popular Christmas movie ever made. Yes. And for good fucking reason. Yeah. Call it Culkin. I, I always go to say Danny DeVito even though I know it is Joe Pesci. Yeah. And it's because in this movie he looks so much shorter than Joe Pesci. Just because he's standing next to someone who's quite tall. Daniel Stern, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, And... But Harry and Marv are classic sticky bandits. Wet bandits, sticky bandits, whatever you want to call them. Mm. Uh, And even John Candy shows up. Yeah. And... John Candy is one of those guys who's fucking genuinely funny, and I love, like, there are a handful of movies that he just shows up for, like, a minute in, mm-hmm. and whenever he's on screen, he's just fucking delightful. Uh, but how bad, as a kid, did you want the situation to set traps in your house because of yeah. this fucking movie? Every kid that grew up in the 90s, or probably since, because there have been a few of these movies... They've always dreamt of this scenario. One of the biggest things I disliked about my house growing up, much to my parents' delight, was that there was nowhere I could swing paint cans off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I would have killed babysitters. Jesus. Like, all logistics aside, because this movie would have fucking killed Harry and Mara. Yeah. The blowtorch alone would have fucking destroyed. Yeah. Um... And even even the uh, the movie they made up to use as uh, the gangster movie that uh, 
Kevin is watching the, what's the you know, Merry Christmas. You, you felt, felt the, the animal. animal. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good pretty good title for this episode, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, How many times are you going to see that in two days on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Home Alone is just a good time. Oh, I love it. It's, it's always a good time. Yep. Um, I don't know. And it launched the career of Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I don't know what to say, but it's just it's it's just one of those fun hypothetical scenarios that when watching it, it kind of brings me back to my childhood a little bit. Very much it, so. It puts me in the state of mind as a kid, and I'm like... I, I, I want to set a bunch of booby traps yep. for potential intruders. <laughs> um, oh, and the scene where he, he tricks them with all the cardboard cutouts like the Michael Jordan and... Uh, <laughs> and the bath clown thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's a full house in there now. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, so that was both our number three, so I guess my number two. Yep. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, that's my number two, and the only point I really didn't touch on that I want to touch on is apparently, and you can see it when watching the movie, Michael Caine, even though it was a Muppet movie, when he got casted, he said, "I am going to play this character. I'm going to play Scrooge as if I were on Broadway. I'm going to play it like a serious dramatic role." Yeah, and it's that's something that's really cool about this movie because you watch it and. Like, yes, there are Muppets. Yes, it has that Jim Henson feel. Mm-hmm. But Michael Caine gives one of the best performances of his career. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, it's a fucking, it's a touching movie. Yeah. And all Gonzo and Rizzo aside, it, you know, it's it's, uh, it's pretty heartwarming. It is. Also, the Muppets, the Muppets can, they're, they're heartwarming anyway. But uh, Yeah, I love the Muppets. I do too. I love the Muppets so much. You have a favorite Muppet? We'll, we'll probably touch on that in a Muppets episode if we ever do one, mm. but you got any, like, or would, that's the, gotta be the hardest question I've ever asked in my life. Do you have a favorite Muppet? Gonzo's up there. As a kid, I was strongly Gonzo, but as an adult, I've I've leaned much more heavily towards Fozzie, because I realized yep. I kind of am. Foz- Fozzie was big. another one. Fozzie, I relate to. Um... Oh, what's his name? The one I was terrified of as a child. Sweetums. Yep. <laughs> Swedish Chef. You can't. You can't. Yep. Not mention the Swedish Chef. And then uh, I, I always liked um, that little side character Beauregard, the janitor who shows up occasionally. Yep. Uh, I don't know that. That's a a tangent for a different episode, I guess. Yep. My number two is the night before. The night before, you know, I almost put that on my list. It's not on mine, but which I mean, you look at it; it's technically a Christmas Carol movie too. Like it has, like not fully, but uh-huh. it has the past, yeah. present, and yeah. future element to it with the three friends when they smoke up with Mister Green. Yep, who is played by General Zod. Yeah. Michael Sheen, man. No, Michael... Shannon. Shannon. Close yep. enough. Whatever. Michael yep. Sheen. Michael Sheen. <laughs> no, Michael Sheen's that dude from... Uh, he's in... The Twilight movies. Ew. 
But yeah, like um, Evan sees the past, and uh, Seth Rogen's character sees the future. Yep. And uh, Chris, played by Anthony Mackie, sees sees the present because he's you know currently. Man, I've never lost his way. Never analyzed the movie in that. that I've watched this movie a lot. I've watched it a couple times, and it is... It's hilarious. It's probably... I don't know about the funniest, but it is the funniest modern Christmas movie for sure. Yeah. By a long shot. It's one of the funniest movies that's come out in the last few years. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, modern comedies don't do a lot for me. No. But Night Before fucking kills me every time. Yeah. The scene where... The nativity scene... Is great. I was I was thinking when um, when Seth Rogen goes to church. Yeah, which is right after the yeah, scene I'm talking about. All, yeah, Seth Rogen is so fucking funny in this movie. Yeah, and and the surrounding cast is great too. And James Franco playing himself. Yes. Sending dick pics to Seth oh, Rogen. Oh man. Oh, it's. It's so good. And then you have the girl. I can't remember her name, if it's ever given. There's the girl who robs their weed that Chris chased after. I don't know if she's ever named, but she pays tribute to some of the villains in Christmas movies. Hans Gruber, um, Sticky Bandits, The Grinch. Okay, Sticky Bandits I'm recalling because she... Does something with uh, She has her hand wrapped up in tape and she yeah. dumps it into a Salvation Army yes. donation can. So what's the Hans Gruber? When he confronts her on the rooftop and she tells him how full of shit he is. Oh, yeah. She's like, time to go out like my boy Hans Gruber and she jumps off the roof and lands in the yeah, yeah. dumpster. Man, I never noticed all this. Like, like, there's a lot more to that movie than I realized. Mm. Man. Tracy Morgan as Santa. That's fucking perfect. Yeah. That could not have been done better. Yeah. And Michael Shannon is hilarious in this movie. Yeah. He's always on his game. Like, he never... Lizzie Kaplan is great. Uh, Michael Shannon never phones it in. Like, if he's in a movie, he is fucking in the movie. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan is great in this movie. Mindy Kaling was funny. Mindy Mindy's always funny. Miley Cyrus was good. Uh, what's the actress's name that plays Seth Rogen's wife? Um, We've talked about her on here before. God, I'm blanking. She is, she's not in this that much, but she's hilarious. Yeah. When she, as a Christmas gift, gives her husband a bag of one of every drug. But <laughs> she doesn't know anything about drugs, so the proportions are all off. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's so fucking funny. Uh, Jillian Bell. Jillian Bell. She's very funny. Yeah. Uh, I want to see her in more, too. Yeah. She was in 22 Jump Street. Yes, she was. Mm-hmm. Another funny movie. Those, yeah. Those movies are hilarious, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's your number two. Yeah. Hmm, I'm interested now to see what your number one is, because there's two big ones. Mm-hmm. My number one has been my number one from the get-go of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. And I fucking love this movie. I love everything about this movie so fucking much. Uh, I... You know, never mind. 
I, I was going to play the little clip of uh, Clark's rant when he finds out about when he gets receives his Christmas bonus he was waiting on, and he just absolutely loses his shit <laughs> and uh, culminates in the the. Uh, what was it? Is it holy shit? Hallelujah! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> Man, that. But the thing about that movie is it. It talks like it. It accurately displays all the frustrations of Christmas that nobody ever talks about in Christmas movies. No. Because Christmas, while it's a wonderful time of the year, is also a, kind of a pain in the fucking ass. It is. And Clark Griswold, fucking. Nails that. Yep. Uh, definitely Chevy Chase's best movie, in my opinion. No question. Uh, I forget. Oh, what is the actress's name that plays his wife? Because she is. Oh she, my god. She has a very understated performance in here. Like, where mm. nobody talks about exactly how fucking funny she is, but she is absolutely hilarious. Randy Quaid, as we all talked about already. Uh, oh my god, the scene in the office where all those suits are walking past and he clerks like, Merry Christmas. Beverly D'Angelo. Uh, yeah, Bever- Beverly D'Angelo is hilarious in this movie. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly... Johnny Galecki as Ross? Yes, Johnny Galecki. And he is... He's so uh, the way he plays Ross is is this very much like okay sure thing dad whatever you say all right <laughs> um, yeah yeah so that's your number one yeah that will be my number one um, now you said that there's two big ones. Yeah, uh, for your list. Mm. Because as of right now, you don't have Christmas Vacation or Die Hard, and I don't know which one you're going with. I don't know. It's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls off of Nakatomi Plaza. Fair enough. So Christmas Vacation's not in your top five? No. Okay, uh, okay, fair in enough. In all honesty, I've probably only seen that movie three times. I gotta be honest, I had not seen it till I met Charlotte. One of the first years we were together, she showed me the movie, and I realized that I had spent most of my life not watching the greatest Christmas movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. So it's uh, basically tradition now that I watch it half a dozen times yeah. throughout December. I know people who it is their tradition to yeah. get the whole family together and watch it. Yeah. I know a lot of people who love it. I just haven't seen it enough to justify yeah. putting it on this list. Fair enough. I haven't seen it as much as most of the other movies in my top five, but I I get the most enjoyment, the most yeah, the most joy <laughs> out of this movie. To bring it back to you saying like you know Christmas movie is a movie that you mostly want to watch in December. Yeah. The original Die Hard is not my favorite Die Hard. Oh. Okay. Which a lot of people might not agree with. Yeah. But my favorite mm-hmm. is the fourth one. Really? Live Free or Die Hard, the one with Timothy Oliphant and Justin Long. Yeah. Where Kevin Smith makes cameo and blah, blah, blah. 
the, the movie that led to uh, Cop Out and that whole fucking fiasco. Yeah. Um, that is actually my favorite Die Hard movie. Cool. Um, the second and fifth one are the two lowest. Mm. Uh, the original is my second favorite. Okay. The third one is right in the middle, where it belongs. Yeah. I, I prob- Jeremy Irons was a good villain. Yeah. I probably go... I haven't seen the fourth one as much, and I never saw the fifth. Okay. Is that any good? The, yeah. What was I the... mean, the action's really over the top, and yeah. blah, blah, Jai Courtney's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Captain uh, Boomerang. I, I would go first. First, third, second, fourth, probably, something along okay. those lines. But I, I haven't seen fourth enough, so it's not really a fair yeah. ranking. I really, I really liked the one. I loved everything with Samuel Jackson. Yeah. But where the first Die Hard is not my favorite one. Yeah. But then once December hits. Oh yeah. Okay. It's what I want to watch. That's fair. I get that. And I was watching some things about it recently, and like, there's little like, like, there's twelve bad guys. Like Hans Gruber has twelve henchmen. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's just... I'm a sucker for action movies like that. Like, yeah. Bond movies, Die Hard, mm. Lethal Weapon, those types of movies. I'm just a mark for them. And I... When I said that Emily and I argued about Christmas movies, yeah. it was her saying Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um... Speaking uh, speaking of uh, sorry, I gotta go back a bit here. Uh, there was uh, so uh, let me let me just get the date right here. Uh, what was the date Last Jedi came out? Um, like two weeks ago or something like that. Uh, no, it was last week. Yeah, yeah, it was last week, December fifteenth, just before Christmas. Do you know what else came out on December fifteenth to tie it into the action movies here? What the new. <laughs> Uh, limited TV series, John Claude Van Johnson. Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't started watching it yet, but apparently it's an action series about John Claude Van Damme, where he plays himself, and the actor John Claude Van Damme gets tied into some sort of plot that involves him being the hero of the story I don't know at all it sounds so it sounds too fucked up not to be at least a little bit enjoyable (laughs) yeah really though yeah so uh once I once I get around to watching that I'll let you know what it's like sounds fucking entertaining as shit I I can't believe they released it the same day as Star Wars (laughs) really though (laughs) that's that's just poor planning it's fucking bold um but since we brought it up what does constitute a Christmas movie I don't know. It's a good question. Cause like, some people say it's once you start setting definitions and parameters and stuff like yeah. that, there are going to be some movies that people consider Christmas movies that fall outside of this, like yeah. classic Christmas movies. Yeah, it's true. You know, uh... like really, Die Hard is set on Christmas. Yeah. It's a Christmas party yeah. at the office. Yeah. Like, there are Santa Clauses. Mm-hmm. 
The words ho 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 are used. Yeah. John Winsbeck, Holly's love, for now. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, hmm. there's Christmas music. Yeah, there is. Like, pretty much everything that a movie needs to be considered a Christmas movie yeah. is in Die Hard. Hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a, I, think, I think the definition will change from person to person. Some I mean, people, some really. Some people need it to be about Christmas. Some people need it to take place on Christmas. And some people, maybe maybe it's just a movie you like watching at Christmas. Yeah. I, I think it's really subjective. Yeah. But die, if Home Alone is a Christmas movie, Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. Because Die Hard has more Christmas stuff in it than Home Alone does. That's a good point. Because, yeah, most of Home Alone isn't really... It's, it all takes place on Christmas. There are Christmas decorations around, but the whole the story is not really Christmas related. No, yeah. it's a good point. Quick side note: rank the Home Alone movies. <laughs> one, two, fuck the rest. One, three, two. There's more than just three of them. I know, but I, I go <laughs> yeah. One, three, two, fuck the rest. Yeah, <laughs> I never watched anything past three, but when three came out, it was at the right age for me that I watched the shit out of it. See, I watched two more than one, but I liked one more than two. I haven't seen two as much, although uh, you got Tim Curry, so it is, it is the you know yeah. Tim Curry helped make everything even better. Yeah, um, Tim Curry makes up for the fact that Donald Trump is in it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think two is probably actually better than three, but, but th- three hits that soft spot for you. Three has a nostalgia factor for me. Yeah, I get that. Where uh, I actually had a pet mouse named after the mouse in that movie. Nice. I had a little pet mouse named Doris. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> three, That's fair. Three is one of those movies that I'm like, I know this isn't actually a very good movie, but it. Uh, it I don't know. It's got a spot, much like Space Jam, you know. Cool. <laughs> and uh, it's been a while since I watched it, but I feel like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, might be in that same vein, although I, I doubt rewatching it <laughs> will do it any favors. No, definitely <laughs> not. Hmm. Well, um, I, think, I think we're about out of time here. Yeah, this has been a long one. I gotta go to work. I forgot I had work today. Shit. Yeah, we got work in like an hour. Um, so I guess we'll clue this up. Yep. And uh, season two of Jedi Dropouts will be coming at a later date. Don't know when yet. Early in the new year. Yeah. Uh, probably mid to late January. Maybe yeah. later, depending on what happens, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and we got some... We have some cool stuff planned for that. We're gonna. Well, I'm gonna be out of the country until the fourth. Yeah. And then by the time I get back, I have to go to work yeah. pretty much right away. And then by the time we record and edit and upload. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll try and uh, maybe I'll try and get in Cornerbrook and we'll actually do some more face to face recording. Yeah. Um. We're gonna do some other cool stuff though. We're gonna we're gonna try and. This, this whole first season was very much us figuring out what the fuck this podcast was. Yeah. And now, it seems like the last, 
a half a dozen to like ten episodes have been us knowing what we do for the most part and doing it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the second season is going to be a lot more of that. Yes. And there were th- certain things that we wanted to do more of. We're going to try and organize a little better. I mean, we haven't fan casted in a while. We're going to try and do more fan casting episodes. Part of it is just we get so many ideas and... They just keep coming. We get... We just bump others back. Yeah. Uh, actually, well, might as well just say it. This was supposed to be uh, an episode later than it was because at some point between our last episode and this episode, we were trying to do our Star Wars ranking, which was originally our third episode. Yeah. And we've been putting it off since last spring. Yep. <laughs> so one of these days we will talk Star Wars, and I guess by the time we rank them we can put Last Jedi in there. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot more to talk about. And we're gonna have to oh, talk. Yes. We're gonna have to do our our uh, top movies of 2017. We're gonna have to do the yep. stuff we're looking forward to the most in 2018. Yep. And that's just to be for the start of the year. Whenever the fuck we get around to that. Yep. Uh, and I guess uh, I guess we got some. Jelly, should we reveal our words for the jelly beans? Yes, ha- we should. How, how did that happen? Because um, I forgot to tally yours. I think I think I know the number. I think you said it three times. Well, what was the word you had for me? Oh Jesus Christ! What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> What was the word? Fuck. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I was going specific for a joke. Oh. Your word was Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times you said it, though. I, th- I think it was like three. Well, I'm definitely not going to hold you to all 40 times you said fuck this episode. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you you were better off going with something like of or the. <laughs> yeah, really, though. I didn't think you said it that much. Oh, I, no. See, I, I thought I was going to I was gonna go with Jesus Christ <laughs> and figured, no, he says that too much. I'll go with fuck. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I be. Yeah. So, I, I think I'm going to give you a pass on that and... I have to eat four beans for the trivia. Yeah. And three more for saying Gruber. I, I, didn't, so, t- I didn't tell you. I, I feel like between the talk about the night before and when you actually talked about Die Hard, I feel like maybe three times. Yeah. So that's, we'll say, a total of seven for me and I'll... You know what? I'm upping it to eight because you said Gruber twice when the night before. Okay. Yeah. Eight. So I'll... I'll give you eight as well because I well the word I picked was really over the top <laughs> that's funny 40 times 40 exactly uh, 40 yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck that <laughs> 41 uh, what else can you you expect? might as well just like eat just, the whole pack yeah just just put it in a shot glass for me <laughs> yeah no uh, we'll we'll do eight each yeah okay okay that's fair are we using the spinner? Or are we? I I thought we would use the spinner. Uh, oh, man, oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Me either. A little bit. 
That's Bruh. why I saved half a bottle of Gatorade. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, so let's cool up this episode so we can make ourselves day. miserable. Uh, thanks everybody for listening, not just to this episode, but all year. Well, I mean, since last spring, let's call it all year. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate all the feedback, all the listens, all the downloads, every comment, every mention, every like, every share, every it, just everything. It's fucking awesome that we have anyone that supports this. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can do bigger and better things in the new year. We appreciate every bit of it. And we are looking to include guests in future episodes. Yes. So if you want to be a guest, if you are interested in getting on here and talking shit with us, talking shit at us, (laughs) talking shit about us, whatever you want to do. If you're interested, we've already had a few people reach out that were interested and we're uh, looking to find the right episodes because we don't want to just throw you in on something you don't know you don't know about you don't yeah. uh, you're not that interested and in. we want we to definitely a, want to include you in something that's you know in your wheelhouse yes but at the same time uh, we want something that is something we would talk about anyway so we're trying to find the right balance yeah uh, so anyway if, you, if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Jedi Dropouts just send one of us a message and we'll try and Map it out. You can contact us by email, jedidropouts at outlook.com. I don't check it that often, but I will. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual things I spit at the end of this episode. I check those regularly. Yep. Um, And, again, we do appreciate the share. So if you feel like sharing this around, you want to send this to a friend you think would enjoy our humor... Or send it to someone and say, listen to these assholes. They don't have a fucking clue what they're talking about. Yeah. If you disagree strongly with our take on Star Wars, then talk shit about us and spread the word that these guys don't know what they're talking about. Because that ends up helping us. Um, (laughs) That's what we're going for. That's that's exactly the the message we want to send. Yep. Uh, And I guess on that note... Thank you for dropping by. And happy holidays. And uh, have a very festive Krampusnacht. Uh, May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you.